Hey, bud. Just wanted to tell you, maybe don't. And welcome to the Two Takes on Film podcast. This is Heather here. Hi, I'm Wyatt. <laughs> and that is Wyatt. And um, we're just so grateful to have you all here today. And I hope that since our last episode, well, one, I hope you listened to our last episode. And two, I hope you've just been full of dreams. Dreams mm. in your heart, dreams in your mind, mm. just just full of it. Don't you wish that for them, Wyatt? I, yeah, sure. <laughs> Have you had any dreams since our last episode? Um, I had a dream last night, but I can't really remember it. Ah, yeah. it wasn't. You gotta write it down thing. in a dream journal. I know, I know, I know. I actually was just thinking about it earlier today, like, like, like an hour ago or so. You know, sometimes you have a dream. Yeah. And then like you wake up and you don't necessarily remember that you had a dream. And then later on in the day, you're like, oh yeah, I had a dream last night. You know, you just yeah. kind of randomly yeah. remember. I do. But no, I can't remember what it was. Sorry. Ah. I do remember that it was like the plot of a film. Like oh. something was happening to us and then there was some sort of twist hmm. that happened that I, I remember thinking in the dream, oh, so it's just like that movie. And I like, oh. was kind of disappointed. Interesting. Yeah. Well. But that's well, really big. Yeah. We hope all of you have been dreaming a bit. Um, and today, I feel like the movies that we're talking about talk a little bit about dreams, more in the um, the metaphorical sense, yeah. or like the dreams of your life. At least one yeah. of them more explicitly uh, than the other. But yeah, anyways. definitely mostly just one of them. Well, but also the other one that you're going to talk about literally opens with him talking about a dream. So that's true. That's true. Anyways, we'll get to that <laughs> in a little bit. Um, but yesterday, I think, is when this news came out, news, Hollywood news. Um, they have announced, they as in the Hollywood... Um, People. Who is it? Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. Hmm. Um, they have officially selected their class, class of 2022 Walk Big of fan. Fame honorees. <laughs> And this happens every um, every year in June. A six-person committee is selected. Oh, the committee is selected by the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. My apologies. Um, mm. A six-person committee is selected every June, and they pick who is chosen to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, typically, they say that they receive about 300 applications a year and out of those they typically choose 20 to 25 ish um so what an honor yeah be chosen to receive a star applications so do people send in their own applications yeah i'll get do you want me to talk about that first or do you want sure. me to talk sure, about yeah, the talk people, about talk about the process. how it happens okay yeah. essentially you apply but you can also be nominated so, so anyone could nominate someone. Um, however, there are a few, um, a few things to keep in mind if you're going to nominate someone. First of which is that 
in order to nominate someone, it's $40,000. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> casual. Um, also the person, okay, here are some of the other requirements. Um, the person has to have had some level of fame for at least five years, which this article that I'm reading doesn't necessarily classify what fame is, Yeah. <laughs> um, but has to be, has to have some level of fame for at least five years. Um, the person must have also accomplished something in their entertainment category, and they need to be involved in some sort of charitable works. Hmm. So those are kind of the um, different stipulations for it. You can nominate someone who has passed away, but only if they have been dead for five years, which Weird. that is confusing to me based off a couple of the people who are nominated. Have they already been deceased oh, for five years? I don't think so. Yeah. That's interesting. So maybe this is of. old. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anywho, so that is kind of uh, the qualifications for what it takes to um, apply or be nominated. Whoever is chosen has to accept the award, obviously. And if they accept, they have five years to schedule their ceremony. Um, and they have to, part of them um, accepting and receiving this is that they have to physically go to... to the ceremony, but they have five years to schedule it. So, it. um, the only person, let's see in the history of it, I feel like they, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it in this article. Um, I believe Barbara Streisand was the only one who had to turn it down. Uh, she didn't meet the five-year period. Oh, here we go. Um, okay. So, oh, no, sorry. Since 1968, 40 celebrities have declined their selection because they didn't want to appear. And only one, Barbara Streisand, agreed to appear but didn't show up. So hmm. her star was ultimately just unveiled without her um, in 1976. I, feel, I, say, I feel like I've walked over her star. Like, yeah. I feel like it's yes. there. So they already, they had it. They just did it without her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, well, I guess we it's have kind to. of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the forty thousand dollars that is uh paid in the application, it goes to like actually creating it and the construction of installing it, um, as well as the upkeep of the star over the years. Forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand okay. dollars. They said that the star is made of terrazzo, which is a material that has chips of marble or granite set in concrete, which is then polished and brass. And the forty thousand dollar fee covers the cost of construction and the upkeep of the star. I mean, I believe that it's fairly expensive to make, but $40,000. It's a lot. Yeah, that's a, lot, a lot of money. money. So uh, that being said, there are five different categories that um, they award a star for. So the first of which is motion pictures. Um, do you want me to read the entire list? Sure. To you? Okay. Sure. Um, you can give commentary as you go, as I go, if you would like. Okay. So the first on the list is Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, like as as you go per name. I mean, do you want to or do you want to wait until the end? Wait, maybe wait, wait until wait, the, end. Until Just, the yeah. end and then yeah. you can call out a couple if you want. Um, Macaulay Culkin, Willem Dafoe, Salma Hayek, who is mm -hmm. in one of the movies we're going to talk about today. Um, James Hong, 
Helen Hunt, Michael B. Jordan, Regina King, Ray Liotta, Ewan McGregor, Adam McKay, Jason Momoa, Tessa Thompson, and Carrie Fisher, who receives this as a posthumous. Um, it's not a word, but recognition, I guess. Uh, honor, yeah, recognition. So those are the uh, selected individuals for the motion pictures category. Hmm. Hmm. Any surprising or... Um, Jason Momoa is a little surprising. Yeah. Not that he's not famous. He hasn't been famous for very long. I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess it's just like you can't mix that this this recognition is not for prestige. Mm-hmm. It's for fame, fame. alone. Yeah. And yeah. that is sorry, that sounded really mean to Jason Momoa and like his career. But I just mean it's a little bit different than like, oh, their career has been super influential. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that that would feel like one of the more surprising ones. Francis Ford Coppola is surprising that it's just now happening. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, he's the director of the Godfather trilogy as well as Apocalypse Now. Um, Godfather 1 and 2 and Apocalypse Now are in many, many critics, you know, top 10, top 20 of all time list as far as films go. Um, And those were back in the 70s. So Mm -hmm. very surprising that that's just now happening. I wonder if it's kind of like somehow, some way, Back in 72 or 74 mm-hmm. for Godfather Part 1 or Godfather Part 2, the group of six people were like, ah, oh, he just missed it. Yeah. And then every single year, or maybe like they, maybe he was nominated enough and like just missed it every single time that they just gave, gave up on it for a while. And then a couple of decades later, someone was like, no, I'm going to pitch in the 4,000. Like, you got to get your star. And then the group of six people in 2021 saw his name and were like, wait, what? He doesn't have one yet? Like, what in the world? Yeah, Yeah, we gotta give it to him. Um, I don't know, I but I just don't see, like, in 1974, he had two, he had two movies nominated for Best Picture, The Conversation Mm -hmm. and The Godfather Part 2. Godfather Part 2 won. He was nominated for Best Director twice for both of those movies, and won for Godfather Part 2. He was nominated in Original Screenplay twice for both of those movies. Sorry, one in a one in original and one in adapted like that is insane like that's a crazy year the fact that he didn't get it then i don't know maybe i I, I still don't know the system super well maybe he was nominated and i also wonder if the system has changed over the years like that 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 is what the system currently is but yeah it's interesting i don't know macaulay culkin is also kind of odd that he's just Mm -hmm. getting it now Mm -hmm. like if he just didn't have one at all i wouldn't be that surprised just because his reign was Mm short-lived but it makes sense that he has one but like why now that he's essentially non-existent in hollywood yeah like just just an interesting thing yeah i don't know yeah but salma hayek obviously love her Mm -hmm. (laughs) so glad for her she's in you already mentioned she's in one of the yeah. movies we're reviewing. Yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to remember who else you said. Ray Liotta. Um, Michael B. Jordan, Regina King. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan Thank McGregor. Goodness. I love Ewan McGregor so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a ton of like huge surprises. No one that I'm like shocked by. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the television category, we have Byron Allen, Greg mm. Berlanti, Ricky Gervais, Peter Krause, Bob Odenkirk, Holly Robinson, Pete, Norman Reedus, Tracy Ellis Ross, Gene Smart, Ming Na Wen, and Kenan Thompson. So, Kenan Thompson, good for him. 
I yeah. do really enjoy him. Yeah. But I, I love the fact that Ricky Gervais is finally on there because hmm. I feel like he's very underrated. I think he's absolutely hilarious. And I mean, everyone knows that he's like the creator of The Office. Yeah. But he's had a lot of influence on like American comedy television, comedy. more yeah. so than just like being the reason The Office exists. Yeah. Um, and then obviously as a huge fan of uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. And obviously the entire Breaking Bad universe. But yeah. I, I really think Better Call Saul is probably the best television show being made right now. Um, I love that Bob Odenkirk is mm-hmm. is getting a star as well. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's because of nobody. Maybe. You know, that he got know. like a, a big Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's not the best movie to give it for him. Yeah. <laughs> or give it to him for, but maybe. Yeah. yeah. Gene Smart is also in a couple things right now. So mm-hmm. it is interesting I wonder like the relevance of a person, how much that contributes to um, when they win something or I keep wanting to say that they're winning this, like when they're nominated or when they're yeah. acknowledged. It must. Um, Cause even the, feels even the one you're talking about, the Ross one from blackish, like Tracy Ellis blackish Ross, yeah. is a huge show. I think it just ended, but it was a huge show, but mm-hmm. she's young. She hasn't been in a lot of other things and there's no guarantee that that will like, her fame will continue. Hopefully it mm-hmm. does. Yeah. I, I really don't know her work, but like hopefully she does continue to get roles, but there's just mm-hmm. like no guarantee. Yeah. So it is interesting that that happens. A lot of times on the walk of fame, I walk over names that I don't recognize totally. and I think, Oh, they must just be old people. But what if it's kind of one of those cases where it's like, they were just like a real quick, mm-hmm. like they were just part of a really popular project for a short period of time mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Just got nominated at the right time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, in the recording category, we have the Black Eyed Peas, George E. Clinton Jr., Ashanti Douglas, DJ Khaled, 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 right? DJ it's Khaled, Khaled. Yeah. Um, Avril Lavigne, Los Hurricanes del Norte, Martha Reeves, and Nipsey Hussle, which is also a posthumous acknowledgement. Right, which is what you and I were mentioning earlier you said the rules stated they'd be dead for five years but mm-hmm. unless time has like insanely gone away for me i don't think that nipsey hustle was five years ago i want to say yeah. it was like two to three years ago i'm gonna look um but while she's looking it up avril lavigne obviously love her love the that best. yeah um but black eyed peas i said were a huge part of wyatt croy's like sixth seventh eighth grade life like 2009 to 2010 kind of thing also they played in the um 2010 super bowl halftime show yeah which was the last time that my green bay packers were in the super bowl and we won so there's another tie-in right there yeah and it's just like it's just the black eyed peas like how could you not love them in, have, in like the worst way yeah of <laughs> so, course of course uh have you seen the clip of them performing and fergie is doing a portion of the song where she's rapping but she like can't keep up with herself uh have i you probably seen have but it, I can't, it's like... obviously a super old clip but it has i've seen it multiple times this week i'll have to send it to you it hmm. is gold it's Does she so just good. like stop trying? <laughs> I've seen clips of artists just like they can't get yeah. up with their own or they just get caught so off guard by something. She is like walking around the stage with one of the other guys and she 
she is really trying, but she, <laughs> she is just like she's just kind of mumbling everything and then uh, is like leaving some stuff out. It's just messy. It's oh, messy. oh, oh, so she's actually singing. Oh, yeah, it's live. Oh, see, I thought you were saying that like it was just a track that she was uh-huh. lip syncing. Oh, no. And like sh- she couldn't keep up. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I've seen that happen before. You know, they no. just revert to the like watermelon peanut butter thing where they totally. like, look yeah. the words. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's no. even worse. No, there's no no additional track. It's just her. Um, just pure Fergie. Just pure Fergie, <laughs> which she's had some some other moments as well. Her um, uh-huh. national anthem at the basketball game, of uh-huh. course, is yeah. is a uh, a viral moment. So, man, anywho, Nipsey Nipsey Hussle uh, passed away in 2019. So I'm yeah, I'm guessing the maybe the five year rule is no longer that that's a yeah. rule. It must be which. I mean, that makes sense to me. Why do they need to be dead for five years before they get a star on the Walk of Fame? Maybe They're still dead. This is morbid, but maybe it's like kind of what you and I were talking about earlier, but to see if their legacy continues long mm. after their death mm. rather than just riding the wave of uh, popularity that any artist gets yeah. in the year following yeah. their death. Yeah. But someone like Carrie Fisher, like her, her legacy is not going to, and no she's also been dead for almost five years really no 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 uh i don't know hers definitely feels longer than nipsey hustle but yeah. it still doesn't feel long oh t- oh my gosh 2016 i understand what you're saying i'm just saying if they make yeah yeah, yeah. so it was five years ago huh what when was it in 2016 i don't know i just clicked off of it oh, okay that's fine at some point in um but almost five years ago or yeah. just over five years ago uh but no and i agree like they could give it to her the day after she died and it wouldn't change yeah. whether or not like how big her legacy will be but i'm just saying if they create a rule they have to stick with it for everyone yeah, yeah. but but it obviously is they haven't like you and i were talking earlier with nipsey hustle or just a lot of like artists especially like young rappers lately that like might commit suicide like what role does that play on their legacy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um yeah it's interesting yeah uh a couple more categories that are much smaller live theater or live performance we have patty lapone marilyn mccu and billy davis and angelica vale i don't think i know any of them unfortunately billy davis sounds super familiar but i don't i'm not sure um, the radio category, we have Richard Blade. Good for him. Good job, uh, Richard. Good job, Richard. And then last but not least, the sports entertainment section, we have Michael Strahan, um, which he just seems, I've obviously never interacted with him uh, in my life, but he seems really lovely. And I'm really happy really for nice him. Guy. Yeah. Even old, even back when he was on the Giants and everything, I'd see videos of and this isn't making fun of him but like videos of him pumping up the huddle like before the warm-up and just his like manner plus the lisp you just uh-huh. like he's not that aggressive sounding yeah, yeah. aggressive looking like he yeah, was totally. a scary player and yeah. very very good but like 
even him like yelling, trying to get them hyped up for like a big playoff game is just kind of like, oh, yeah, <laughs> kind of cute. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's nice of you. Yeah. yeah. Um, he recently just closed his gap, the gap in his teeth. Did he really? He did. Which Wait, was I of... thought he did it as a joke. I'm pretty I mean, sure it was like a prank. Was it really? I thought it, it looked maybe this very was a dream official. I had, but I thought like it was a thing he did because people love his gap. That's like what I know. For? And, and I thought that he loved he's his gap. Made a big thing of loving his gap, like himself. Michael Strahan teeth is a is something to um to Google. Uh, let's see. Oh my gosh. Oh, maybe he didn't. It wasn't April Fool's joke. Oh my gosh, I was fooled yeah, by that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought that he wow. actually did it. Wow. Yeah. He confirmed uh, that it was not real. It was an April Fool's joke. A pretty wow. good April Fool's joke. He got me. Well, anywho, he still has a gap in his teeth, <laughs> <laughs> and now he also has a star, or he will have a star, uh, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I would imagine that, uh, like I mentioned, they have five years to kind of claim it or to come and mm-hmm. do their ceremony. Um, so I would imagine that will start happening next year, perhaps. Yeah. Since yeah. they're the class of 2022. So, well, today I am going to be reviewing In the Heights. Um, this is an adaptation of the Broadway musical by the same name, uh, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, This was actually a college project of his that he wrote and worked on, and it um, existed before Hamilton, which I, it, it's from like the early 2000s that he wrote it. 2009. Yeah. Well, 2008 or 2009 was when the play officially hit like Broadway. Right. Um, which I guess <laughs> these things just take a long time. And yeah. this was actually proposed to be turned into a film in like 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the project actually never went through. And then he brought it yeah. back up again. Yeah. I read a pretty lengthy article from Variety on basically the history of In the Heights as a movie adaptation and like the multiple times that he brought it to different studios and tried. And we're about to talk about it, but it's a, it's a completely Latin American cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially the article is just people didn't want to make yeah. a movie with that cast. It's just yeah. like the article tries to say like the trials and tribulations of him right. getting into the screen. But if you read between the lines, it's right. Hollywood studios are kind of racist. Yeah. So yeah, not kind of, they're pretty racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why this just happened, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is very sad, but it happened and we should yeah. celebrate that. Yeah, of course. I think I think my timelines are just thrown off because of the fact that Hamilton obviously came out on Disney Plus this past year. Mm-hmm. The like recorded as as movie like as it will be at this point. Who knows if they will want to turn it into like an actual um, feature film? I hope not as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm comfortable with where it exists now. Totally. Um, but yeah, it is crazy that from the time that Lin-Manuel Miranda first brought in the Heights, not even as a play, but the play had already been out. It had already been a hit on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the time he first brought it to a movie studio to try to get it made to when it actually got made, he wrote, conceived, planned, directed, starred in, made, 
all of Hamilton. It went yeah. on to be like the biggest Broadway play of all time. Yeah. It grew into a sensation, spent years on Broadway. I think it's still on Broadway. Mm-hmm. That turned into a, like you said, a movie play version was put out on Disney plus all of that before between also, like, also Moana. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just like, like it's, it's crazy how long crazy. stuff like yeah. this can take. Yes. Yes. So all of that to say, this has been uh, a long time coming of In the Heights being turned into a feature length film. And um, so the musical was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. This movie adaptation, he also wrote with Chiara Allegria Hudes. Hmm. Not totally sure how to say, I'm assuming that's a woman, her name, but uh, they wrote it together. And this was directed by John M. Chu, who also directed Crazy Rich Asians, which I just love that movie. The wedding scene scene in particular always makes me cry. It's the best. Um, But this is not about Crazy Rich Asians. (laughs) This is about In the Heights. Uh, In the Heights is the story of a neighborhood in Nueva York. New York called Washington Heights. Uh, and it's about their, the residents of that neighborhood and, um, just the, the lives that they live and the dreams that they have, but it also explores a lot about home and the different countries that people in this neighborhood represent and yeah, all of that. So it centers on a number of different characters, uh, and their stories, but the main character who I would call the main character and who is essentially the narrator um, is a young man named Usnavi. Uh, He runs a bodega and is really just working hard to be able to ultimately get back to the Dominican Republic where he's from um, to fulfill his lifelong dream of kind of restoring his late father's, it's like a bar, right? His, like a beach bar. Yeah. 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 Um, So Ultimately, this is a story of home and family and dreams, and I would rate it an 8 out of 10. I would also rate it a 7 to an 8 out of 10. Okay, great, great. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, and here are some reasons why. It, as a whole, is so, it's just so fun. Like, I left the theater just feeling happy and just, um, I don't know. And I think musicals kind of do that. They just mm-hmm. leave you, well, depending on the musical, leaves you feeling kind of inspired and just um, full of life. But uh, it has excellent, me- me- oh my gosh, why can't I talk tonight? It mm-hmm. has <laughs> excellent music uh, that you can't help but move to. Um, I saw it with a couple of friends. And as we were leaving the theater, I made the comment that I wish I could move my body like that but I don't think I can. Like, I just don't know if it's possible, but it made me want to. Um, The music is just a lot of fun. Uh, And then obviously I have never been to Washington Heights in New York, but I think the the goal or the heart behind it was to capture um, kind of the heart and spirit of that neighborhood. And again, I've never been there, so I don't know for sure, but I feel like it really transported you to that neighborhood and, um, at least just like yeah. ideally what that neighborhood is all about. So, uh, it just really makes you want to be there and be yeah. a part of it. And overall it was just super fun. Um, I loved how visually creative it was. Um, so obviously when you're doing a Broadway show, you get to do things that are harder to replicate in 
a movie or that might feel weird to do in a movie. But um, as I mentioned, there is kind of this theme of dreams throughout Mm -hmm. all of these different individuals who live in this neighborhood. And when they're covering some of them and talking about certain dreams, visually, the movie like goes into this like magical like dream state um which I thought was just a lot of fun there's like drawings in the air and these Mm -hmm. large like bolts of fabric that are flowing from the sky and a couple that's dancing like defying gravity and dancing on the Mm -hmm. side of a building so um I just loved the kind of the visual creative elements that they put in there um particularly in those scenes kind of talking about dreams so love that um and then lastly musicals will just forever make me wish that I had had been a theater kid (laughs) I wasn't I did some theater stuff in like elementary school um and then obviously like plays and things at church growing up but um I and I know it's it's never too late I could become a theater person now or maybe I just need to go to the theater more um but it just feels like this would have been so much fun to be a part of and to work on and um the group musical numbers in particular were just so impressive as you're watching the credits the list of names of dancers is oh, just yeah. thousands, so thousands and thousands. many people worked <clears throat> on this project. Um, and yeah, it's just so impressive and so fun and, and musicals, they just, they just do something to my heart. So yeah. Yeah. You can tell that everyone had an absolute blast making yeah. this yeah. and it's a blast to watch because of it. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Are you, I, I don't want to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, that was, that was the end of my like thoughts. Pros. Yeah. 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 Oh, did you want to go over some cons or do you want? Oh yeah, of course. Did you have things that you wanted to talk about that you liked about it though? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, yeah. I things about, like I said, it, it, it's a blast to watch the, the um, writing is obviously great. Lin-Manuel Miranda has proven himself time and time again to be a fantastic songwriter um it is a ton of song even Mm -hmm. more so than a lot of musicals yeah and that is sometimes kind of a replacement for story um or something like that but it doesn't do that here you get like solid story uh throughout from song alone um Mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun to watch keeps it engaging um i thought that the choreography was good i have some issues with the larger um, the set pieces, the songs that involved more people, like you were uh-huh, saying, I actually uh-huh. enjoyed, I think, the more intimate ones hmm. more so just because they they felt more focused and, like yeah. I said, more story driven rather than like spectacle and scale driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it's impressive to see thousands of dancers all together on a totally. street, literally, like you said, really bringing this block, this mm-hmm. neighborhood to life through dance, through song mm-hmm. and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah super super cool so mm-hmm. a lot of things to love about this movie yeah. yeah and and just a great time like i went and saw it with my entire family and we have very different ranges of movie taste yeah. and some of us were more enthusiastic than others but no mm-hmm. one came out of the theater not having enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. my dad fell asleep <laughs> to be honest 
So he didn't not enjoy liking it. Or I mean, he yeah. didn't not enjoy watching it, but he didn't necessarily watch all of it. Yeah. <laughs> not really his thing. But even then, he wasn't like, he didn't like dislike it by any means. Everyone had yeah. a really good time watching it. Yeah. 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 Slash sleeping. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So some of the things that I didn't love as much about it, um, it is very fast paced and is a little bit hard, especially at the beginning. It's a little bit hard to catch on to if you don't know like some basic Spanish. <laughs> um, I mm-hmm. personally did not take Spanish and, but I grew up in San Diego. So like I can get by a little bit, but um, there it, this will this movie will, I think, be a little more enjoyable to you if you have a little bit more Spanish vocabulary. Not yeah, that there's definitely. so much that you can't understand the movie at all, because that's not what it is. But um, yeah, there's just some things that are fully in Spanish. So um, I will say, so I saw it yesterday in the theater. It is also streaming on HBO Max. And mm-hmm. I definitely did watch it again today on mm-hmm. HBO Max and with captions. And that is definitely helpful um, because there are people who are like talking over each other a lot or yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. And do the nature of Miranda's uh, writing of songs, yes. which is often yes. more like rappy and it's yes. like quick back and forths and um like his his songwriting style often includes sarcasm and innuendos mm-hmm. and and jokes and this and that within like this quick 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 like minute long kind of not rap necessarily but like little spoken word back and forth and totally yeah when that's just like going on and there's all this visual stimulus going on it can be hard to catch all the jokes that are being made and and yeah. there's story in there too it matters what they're saying mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. as well so um i would definitely suggest you go see it in a theater yes um which i do every movie but especially this movie truly Mm -hmm. was great in a theater but i'm sure that if you get the option to watch it after with captions that would help helpful yeah um i personally also help i hate when i can't sing along to things particularly a musical so obviously the first time through i had listened to the soundtrack a couple days ago just to be familiar with the songs but when you haven't it yeah, you just need it together. <laughs> like you, you can't have, necessarily. You would have to listen to this many, a many lot, times and a watch lot. it a lot to be able to, like, just recite every word, kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, however, once again, watching it on HBO with captions is also helpful for yeah. learning the song. Sing along. Or just. Yeah. I wonder if they'll put out a sing along version. Oh. They might. Maybe. That'd be but fun. it's honestly like even that would just be so fast paced. It would. Like yeah. the amount of the little yellow dot is. You oh know, yeah bouncing from word to Moving. word or whatever would just be like constant yeah. <laughs> yeah yes um going along with the a little bit hard to understand at times I felt like in the theater in particular I didn't notice this as much when I was watching it on HBO but in the theater there were times when the music was louder than the dialogue that was happening so yeah. then once again it just made it hard to know what they were saying all the time yeah. I noticed a few mixing issues and this is something that's common in Nolan films. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. That can be a theater issue. Yeah. Um, theaters are just big and echoey and that can be great sometimes, but when you're having really loud music mm-hmm. and like really intricate dialogue or even some sort of some like soft spoken or dialogue where some people are like kind of quietly talking mm-hmm. their lines while the other people are more singing it, there's a lot of varying degrees of um, vocal output and stuff. It can get kind of hard to hear i noticed that yeah 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 
Um, there were a couple of scenes where the coloring felt a bit off. Um, I feel like I noticed this primarily at the pool scene. 96,000 is the song that they sing there. It felt very like fuzzy to me but then also um it was it was one of the scenes main scenes I feel like I noticed it a couple times but it felt like some of the actors may have been like superimposed <laughs> yeah, like I was gonna mention this scene specifically but the entire building like that brick building behind uh -huh, the pool uh-huh I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I haven't seen anything from behind the scenes, but I can almost guarantee you that was not there. Hmm. You can just tell there's a specific shot that's like this weird um, kind of hero shot of Usnavi. Uh -huh. They're like pushing in on him and there's people diving yeah. off diving boards yes. in the background and the brick building in the background that's like a quarter of the way into the song. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, whoop, nope. That's it's not, not real. real. <laughs> yeah. That's you just immediately yeah. tell his outlines were super fuzzy. Yeah. And then from then on, whenever I saw that, I just started seeing there were just big flaws in that scene. Yeah. To be fair, there is so much going on in that yes. scene. Yes. So if you're gonna throw in an element like that, um, a big element that does not exist that you're digitally putting mm -hmm. into the scene, like you have so much work to do. Um, but yeah, so I'm not necessarily criticizing um the the cgi artist mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. you there's some flaws in there yeah yeah i did read that that scene in particular so so there's a theme across this whole movie of how hot it is mm -hmm. um that's like a very central uh part of the the story and uh while they were filming that scene it was scheduled to take two days they ended up doing a third day because it was actually like thundering and lightning and raining um while they were filming that so yeah, which adds to one you can just look at the characters and see the temperature like that if they're actually hot or not yeah yeah um through like physical indicators and like they just don't you can just look in someone's face and be like yeah they're kind of cold right now yeah also just lighting purposes when you're shooting a scene outdoors like that mm -hmm. when it's cloudy when it's stuff like that that makes it extremely hard to light and then try to color correct into a different type of um, weather into a different time of day mm -hmm. um, into a different location um, especially when you're shooting over multiple days like that through different stages of where the sun is in the sky like that just gets so complicated mm -hmm. i don't think people understand how much goes into that but easily the people who simply edit the scene from a color perspective their only jobs are to color the scene and change the, like the brightness the exposure the this the that mm -hmm. to make sure it all looks cohesive for that sequence could have spent easily three months on it yeah it's insane yeah, yeah it's so much yeah. um so honestly considering all that props to them but totally that scene in particular just felt a little bit off to me as far yeah. as the coloring went um the last thing that i'll mention which i mentioned when talking about kind of the the story itself there are a lot of different storylines in this movie and people obviously because they're trying to capture this neighborhood and the heart and the essence of this neighborhood and particularly stories of people who are from different countries that are represented in this neighborhood so the dominican republic puerto rico cuba um and many more <laughs> those are like the main ones i could think of that they mentioned but um so i understand that in order to 
do that, you need to introduce a lot of people. However, I think because of that, they can't, they don't go super in depth on some of these characters and they try to give you a little bit of background, but then the background they do give you, it's just not very much. So um, if that is difficult for you to not go super in depth with a lot of people, as opposed to going really in depth with like one or two people, um, then this may be challenging for you. But um, I, yeah, I enjoyed the people that we got to meet. I think there certainly were a few characters who were like kind of introduced or were around that they never really talked about them. (laughs) Um, So in a sense, it's like, why are you here? (laughs) Like, why are you a part of this? And that's something that like, I think uh, differs in a play to movie translation yeah. is, is a scene that a character is in they're in the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, that yes. didn't sound like a real <laughs> sentence. Um, like, okay. So if you have a scene in a salon, which there yeah. are a few yes, and there's like two salon workers who are mm-hmm. in quite a bit of scenes, but mm-hmm. they don't have much of a personality character wise mm-hmm. in a play that seven minute scene in the salon Mm-hmm. You can see them 100% of the time. Yeah. You can, you can look at them on the stage 100% of the time. Yeah. Singing, doing the things. In a movie, you're focusing on the main characters of even that one scene for mm-hmm. 90% of the shots. Mm-hmm. So those two characters now, even though they're, you know, they're in that room for the full seven minutes, yeah. you're only actually seeing them for like two of the seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So it just significantly reduces, you're like, oh, they're just there. But when you're watching in a place, especially a musical, dance and song and movement and and how they move their body and like their facial expressions that is 90 percent of how these side characters convey yeah their personality and when you get to see every bit of movement and like character fleshing out they do on stage mm-hmm. you get to know them and you're like you laugh at the things they do whatever even if they're like not important to what's going on yeah but in a movie the director is obviously going to make decisions to not focus on that and focus on the main character or just who's singing or Mm -hmm. this or that. Mm -hmm. And then you just lose a bit of that, like even more um, rounded characterization that I think some of those side characters uh, benefit from in, in stage play like setting. So I think that's the problem that you're probably kind of facing with Mm -hmm. those characters that you're just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they're there, but you just don't, you don't really get to know them because you're, you're, you're um, waiting for the camera mm-hmm. movement for the camera's choices to introduce you and to, to get, let you get to know characters rather yeah, than just viewing it all together and As letting their mm-hmm. acting and their dancing um, separate from everyone else's mm-hmm. introduce you to them and, and, and get you to know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The last thing that I'll mention, which I think I said that before I said that last thing, but another thing I'll mention um, there are this just brought together people who have worked on other projects together. So um, Anthony Ramos and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and then Chris Jackson, um, who works in the soft serve truck. Um, They were all a part of Hamilton. Um, There is a scene where someone is on a cell phone and they're on hold. And the song that's playing is from Hamilton. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, isn't it from Moana? Uh, no, it's from Hamilton. It's um, the King, one of the King songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. 
Um, a couple of the characters, a couple of the ladies were in Orange is the New Black. A couple people had been a part of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, mm. So just fun to kind of make those connections and to see them Lin-Manuel Miranda's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He is, I forgot about yeah. that. He plays Amy's brother, right? Yeah. Her, like, overachieving brother. Yeah. Suitable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can tell you can tell that they just like we already said this, but that they had a lot of fun, that they loved each other and the yeah. cast and like um yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So that's in the heights. Currently it is in theaters, and then like I have mentioned, it is also streaming on HBO Max. Um, however, like Wyatt said, if you have the opportunity to go see this in a theater, do that first. And then if you also have the opportunity to watch it again on mm -hmm. HBO Max or to listen to the soundtrack on whatever, um, do that too. Cause it is, I know for myself, I left feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to like listen to it more Seek or it learn more. it. And yeah, yeah, uh, because it just sticks with you. So yeah. it's a good time. It is. I do have a a few more cons yeah, that, I, sure. that I haven't brought up. I sure. kind of wrapped up the conversation. Sorry. It. No, it's okay. Um, on top of the mixing that you, um, that we kind of discussed the audio mixing. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the syncing because these, these songs aren't saying live on camera, um, which is okay. Just, I, I personally really like that. I enjoy hearing flaws in the characters voices as well as, just their interaction in the environment around them, mm -hmm. how their how their voice sounds on the street or this or that. Um, whereas when you have everyone record their songs in a studio, like a recording artist would, and then sync them over mm -hmm. their their footage from the live feed, it can just sound like, well, like it's synced over yeah. studio recorded music, mm -hmm. which just takes out a bit of realism. It doesn't feel like they're actually there on the street as much mm -hmm. um and some of the syncing was a bit off especially yeah. with Corey hawkins character um benny benny uh -huh. yeah benny um but to make up for that in some ways Corey hawkins has a beautiful singing voice like it's an true. incredible singing voice he's like juilliard trained i didn't know this before seeing the film and it's almost too good Hmm. Like it's almost such a good voice that again, it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like that's his character, his words, his voice, his feelings. It feels like that's Corey Hawkins singing along to a professionally recorded song. Yeah. Or like mouthing along to a professionally yeah. recorded song. Um, but at the, like, this is also, that's just the, what this type of musical is. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm also a fan of, especially when it comes to musicals, uh, really going for like specific aesthetics. And I think that while it was a very vibrant community, it did yeah. bring like the heights of this, um, this city block to life. Mm -hmm. It didn't have a distinct personality visually. Mm -hmm. It just felt a little bland, not, not colorful. It was plenty yeah. colorful. Yeah. There was a lot of different bright, vivid colors going on. Yeah. But felt like it lacked a little bit of style um, or cohesiveness uh, between like from scene to scene, from hmm. piece to piece, which maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted each one to feel very different. Um, but I really like when a film can get a, you know, a film that's centered on music and song and dance can still grab you with a yeah. visual personality. Luckily, though, they have director Don, John M. Chu, who 
this is a prime example of why you can't skimp out on directors when it comes to movie musicals. You can't just say, hmm. this is already done. All mm-hmm. we need is just to film it with a camera. Yeah. Because then you have something like the Hamilton, you know, like yeah. the, the version of Hamilton that's on Disney Plus, which isn't bad. But if you're yeah. wanting to make a movie version, you need a director that's going to take some um, risks and make some decisions. For example, like having um, Benny and Nina dance mm-hmm. on building that elevated what could have been kind of a dull just mediocre song between two characters where they're discussing the future of their relationship into a visually um beautiful and intriguing set piece yeah speaking of that in general while i'm ex- I, I i'm grateful for the fact that he was there and he made those those choices i wish that they would have leaned in even harder to the um elements like you were talking about of uh, the defying gravity or the writing in the sky yeah. kind of thing, or the um, tapest not tapestry, but the uh, fabric fabrics coming over the buildings. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoyed those scenes where it, that's something that even though you're on this kind of just like, not, bl- I don't want to say bland city block because it is really beautiful and it does have a lot of colors and people. Um, but it, it gave it like this style, the sense of mm-hmm. heightenedness to it mm-hmm. where it felt not otherworldly but it, it kind yeah. of it, it took it to a new realm yeah took it out of it being just a normal city block which yeah. a city block is a city block ultimately yeah. <laughs> so but the thing yeah. is like you already have thousands of people dancing choreographed dances mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. songs that apparently everyone can hear and know you're <laughs> you're past the point of realism realism so why not like really yeah. lean, lean into, into it, it. Yeah. and and go for it like and, and I don't want to just be biased towards one of my favorite musicals and one of everyone's favorite musicals, but something like La La Land where mm-hmm. you had plenty of sequences in there that merged the reality of real life streets of Hollywood to like mm-hmm. sets of Hollywood and dream sequences and sequences where everyone froze. And this had some of those, but they felt like short lived moments where they're kind yeah. of like, Ooh, look at this thing. But we obviously we can't continue with that. Like they got cut off hmm. because it was like, that was, part of that set but like obviously we're not gonna do that the whole movie because that mm. was you know not real or like whatever but no do that the whole movie like i wanted to see yeah. more integration of that um but ultimately really really liked it there were a few mm. editing choices that i felt were a bit too chaotic and clumsy especially in the larger set pieces so like the carnival um mm-hmm. set piece and the pool ninety six thousand. yeah there was just so much going on and so many people that towards the end of especially ninety six thousand. um it just felt like incohesive shots from like a pop music video about the mm. summer rather than like a story of these characters singing, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, what's happening. Um, yeah. But ultimately these are just like little flaws. You're not seeing this movie for those reasons. You're seeing it because totally. you want to have what all good movie musicals, you know, give you this fun yeah. time. Yeah. You leave feeling like you want to sing and dance and, and it's great and, and mm-hmm. are happy. So um yeah, it's a it's a terrific film. It's one of my favorite of the year so far, hmm. and perfect for friends, family, old, yeah. young, yeah. whoever. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should go see it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. So the movie I'm going to be reviewing is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is a sequel to the 2017, yes, 2017 film, The Hitman's Bodyguard, starring. Samuel L. Jackson as a hitman and Ryan Reynolds as his ill-fated 
bodyguard. This movie adds a couple new characters to uh, the cast. A Bond villain like Antonio Banderas, um, Morgan Freeman in a surprising role, both surprising mm-hmm. in the fact that he's in this movie and the relationship to the characters that he has in this movie. Yeah. Um, but mostly Selma Hayek, Selma Hayek as the hitman's wife, um, Samuel Jackson's wife. So the bodyguard, Michael Bryce, played by uh, Ryan Reynolds, continues his friendship with assassin Darius Kincaid, played by Samuel Jackson, as the two try to save Darius's wife, Sonia, played by Selma Hayek. That is the general plot of this movie. Um, and that stat cast is probably the main draw of the movie. A lot of fun to be had in this movie um, is derived from just watching these actors that you probably know and love um, that are obviously all very, very talented. Um, phoning it in for a paycheck. <laughs> Just kidding. This is the movie where we finally get to see Ryan Reynolds' charm run out. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is where my positives end for this film. <laughs> so <laughs> here we go on the cons. <laughs> Guys, we edited this a bunch, but I just spent about 20 minutes pausing, trying to come up with pros for this film. I really did not enjoy it. Um, here's the thing, though. It wasn't the worst film I've ever seen. Like, that's, that's the thing is I've seen much worse films. It wasn't that I disliked it so much. It's that I didn't like it at all. And I know that sounds like a repetitive sentence, but what I'm saying is there wasn't so much to dislike. There was literally just nothing to like about this movie for me that it just served no purpose. This movie has nothing for anyone. (laughs) Okay. It could have something for someone. If you find its humor funny, then I guess you'll laugh. And as long as you're laughing, that keeps it moving entertaining, right? But I'm telling you, there are about a thousand films that have done the same style of humor with the same actors, honestly, 10 times better. So go watch one of those. Um, <laughs> I'm already <laughs> off to such a negative start. <laughs> Look, it's, it's when a movie like this that has a huge budget will make a lot of money but has no purpose, no reasoning, no style, no personality, no anything. That's where it just really drops down to the bottom of the barrel to me. That's where I'm going to rate this you know, a 2 out of 10. And really the only reason it's not a 1 out of 10, which is a 0 to me. Like that's the lowest it can get is a 1 out of 10. You know, I'm not giving anything a 0 out of 10. So the only reason it gets a step up to a 2 is that I do love the actors, so I guess it's fun to have them on screen. <laughs> one, and, uh, one and a half out of 10. It's not that there are not worse films than this. It's just that there are few more pointless films than this out there that have ever been made. And it kind of infuriates me that that is being made. I'd rather watch a movie that I just watch it and I think every bit of this is just a miss. Like, None of this lands. It is a total train wreck, but they went for something. 
whether it's like a low budget movie from someone who really doesn't know how to make movies and it's just terrible, um, like something like The Room or something, hmm. you know, or a bigger budget movie where it's just like almost hilarious how something can have such talent and such money and fail that spectac- spectacularly. I appreciate those movies at least. This, I can't even appreciate it because they didn't miss. They hit their marks and their marks were just nothing. Just straight middle of the line, nothing. Whenever I watch a movie like this, I tried desperately throughout the runtime and I, and I wrote this down and I was writing aspects of the film because the way I think about it is everyone has to start somewhere. So many different people make a movie. So many different types of artists make a movie like this. And I think about what if I were an editor? What if I were a color corrector? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I got offered to make a movie or to to edit a movie, to color a film that had Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson. Of course, I would say yes. If I were one of those things and I were offered this movie, I'm telling you guys right now, I would be in the credits. I'm not saying that I want it, but, and so I try to look at every aspect and just think, is there a standout aspect? Does the rest of this movie suck? But like, man, it's pretty well edited. Does the rest of the movie suck? But like, it's visually compelling. The the scenes blend together well from like coloring perspective because there are probably very talented artists that worked on this film. I mean, all these actors are beyond talented. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no doubt that they are terrific actors, but I kept writing aspects down and then a scene later would cross them off because it's just like, no, like there's just nothing to find that's noteworthy in this film. I'm sorry. Like I, I did not laugh once in this film. Heather, Heather can tell you, I wrote down two times. They happened in the span of about a minute. So one scene really where I found myself go. <laughs> and that was the extent <laughs> of my laughter during this film. And it, I wasn't alone in watching it. It was a fairly, mm. there were probably, um, like 20 to 25 people total in the theater and it was this fairly small theater too so there were other people chuckling laughing more than me or whatever but just did not work for me um ryan reynolds i love ryan reynolds but it feels like this is the signaling of the end of this wave that he's been riding since like 2013 that kind of came to a peak with Deadpool of this new kind of character he is. Mm, yeah. He's just playing Ryan Reynolds. He's yeah. playing the same character you get in all of his movies yeah. of like action, witty guy. But the thing is in this movie, he's supposed to be insecure. He's supposed to be like cowardly a little bit, not cowardly because he is like a bodyguard. So as far as like danger goes, mm-hmm. but like he's sensitive, he's mm-hmm. a little uh, insecure. He's, a little like annoying to the like quote cooler characters, but you see him straddling that with these like obviously improvised witty one-liners and he's extremely good looking obviously and very like suave and this kind of stuff. And the character just doesn't make sense at all. It's like, Hmm. you know, you're obviously not like this kind of like timid cowardly guy when you're like making these like crack jokes when there's a assassin standing in front of you or whatever. Um, and the rest of the cast, even though, even though I do feel like this kind of signals the end of, of that kind of peak, I'm not saying that this is the end of his career, but I just think that it's signaling that it's drying up a bit. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's gone to the same well a few too many times, and it's not yeah. something that maybe he couldn't revisit in the past. It's not something that people won't always kind of love. Like, mm-hmm. this movie will make money for that fact alone, is that people love that Ryan Reynolds. But he's got to start doing 
some other stuff if he hmm. wants to really stay relevant, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but if you like that, you'll like this. I don't think it's the strongest version of that kind of Ryan Reynolds character, but it it checks off the boxes, I guess. Um, other than that, the action is, I mean, the plot has zero logical sense to it. It's yeah. completely incohesive. The action scenes are as well. Not even that poorly choreographed. I felt like the fight scenes were decently choreographed, mm -hmm. um, just horribly shot and horribly edited. I mean, you have, especially like in the chase sequences where they're on moving vehicles and stuff, you just like, oh my goodness, you just get a headache watching it and you have no idea what's going on. It's it's, it's atrocious. Um, Anyway, Heather, any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I have to follow up my thoughts after you've just called it atrocious. <laughs> I um, said the, well, yeah, no. It's <laughs> yeah, I actually had a completely different uh, experience <laughs> and watch of this movie. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. And maybe in your eyes, that says more. I think I, I shouldn't say maybe in your eyes, I'm sure that says more about me um, than it does the movie itself. But Look, I, this, this is why it's two takes on film. <laughs> this is why there are two. I did really enjoy it. I found it quite funny. Um, I agree that there was essentially no plot or at least that it was quite pointless. Um, the villain who enters into this movie does not feel feel villainous enough to me. Um, it just feels like a bunch of different action sequences kind of strung together by bits of comedy. But I was actually okay with that. And uh yeah, I think so. Obviously, in the first movie, the majority of the time is spent with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, um, the hitman and his bodyguard. And then obviously in this one, you have the addition of the hitman's wife. Um, and I thought the dynamic of the three of them together was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that Salma Hayek had such an increased role in this one. She obviously was in the first one a little bit, um, but I, I really enjoyed the addition of her to this storyline and the three of them working together. Um, I also really enjoyed the uh, the soundtrack to this. I think this was another one where they had, I can think of like three scenes in particular where there's an intense like action sequence and there's a song playing that like we have talked about in other films just doesn't seem to match. It's very like upbeat and happy and bubbly in this sequence that is pretty violent. So I think that kind of just matches the tone of the movie as a whole of being excessively and unnecessarily uh like gory and extreme yeah. but also it's, like fun and lighthearted and and it's funny. comedy over action definitely yeah 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 for sure um and then i really enjoyed the addition of antonio banderas his character well not necessarily his character i i appreciated him um as an actor his character i would say was not what I would have wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, 
And then Morgan Freeman, I won't mention who he is, but I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, the kind of twist or surprise of, of his character. I just thought was, mm-hmm. that was fun. Yeah, definitely. I think was there that, were uh, some, huh? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I, there, as far as the other things that I didn't enjoy, there were some other characters who are like agency characters is what I'd call them They're mm-hmm. They felt completely pointless to me. I didn't yeah, care about them. They were just, yeah, just kind of there felt completely unnecessary to me. Um, and then oh, also, yeah. you're talking about like even Frank Grizzo. Yeah. As like the Boston detective. Yeah. Like even his references to like, because back in Boston, like, yeah. Is this? He was just annoying to me. Yeah. Pointless. Which I I love Frank Grizzo. So I'm I'm sorry for that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then it's just completely unrealistic. All of the, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. uh, But just like the physical things that these characters go through, there is absolutely no way that they would survive. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds' character, there's no way. Yeah. He would be dead 10 times over. Yeah. 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 Um, So absolutely not perfect. I, I can't speak to the technical stuff that you can, as far as like shots and editing and stuff like that. My, I don't think my eye is good enough to catch that yet, especially Mm. in an action movie like this. Um, So all of that to say, from my perspective, it was like a fun, enjoyable watch. I did think it was quite funny. Um, I would say see the first one before you see this one. You could watch this as a standalone, but I think you'll just enjoy it a lot more if you see yeah. the first one first. Yeah. Uh, and I think what you mentioned there is you said your eyes not good enough to catch like uh, pros or cons in the editing or choreography of a of a fight scene or an action scene and i think that's the problem is your eyes shouldn't have to be trained to mm-hmm. studying film to be able to understand what's going on in a fight scene mm-hmm. a filmmaker should be able to help you like make it in a way so that you can understand what's going on mm-hmm. i'm not saying hold your hand i'm not saying make it bland so you can like see what's going on kind of thing but there are innovative ways to shoot uh an action scene or a fight scene that are uh told in a fluid manner in a mm-hmm. way that audiences can understand what's going on while still being energetic and engaging mm-hmm. and the fact that you're like oh, i just you know couldn't really catch it that's the problem you mm-hmm. shouldn't have to watch a million mm-hmm. movies like me to be able to go sit down and being like oh those two characters just fought but i know who punched who when who stabbed who when uh-huh, and who uh-huh. eventually won it out this is uh-huh. just like mm, okay it's over oh yeah. action 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 okay that's over you know move yeah. on to the next one so. yeah Anything uh, anything else you want to add to that <laughs> glowing review? Uh, no, that's that's what I would have wanted to say about what, that. What would you give this movie out of 10? Um, on my review, if I would have talked about this, I was going to give it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> 7? I know, I know. I literally watched a it today. Seven? I watched it this afternoon, and I I really liked it. So then when we talked on the phone and he talked about I, how much we, you hated it, I we was were, like, did we, we watch Heather the same I, movie? Heather and I were deciding who should review which film, which we do uh, before every single episode. And I usually just kind of like have her choose. And I said, 
usually I feel like it's kind of known to both of us beforehand who would want to review which one more, you know? Yeah. Like we both kind of know that like I would probably prefer this one or you would probably prefer that one or whatever. Um, but we still just like sometimes we both want to review the same one. So we have to talk about that or whatnot. So I said, you choose. I liked both of these movies equally. And when I said that, I expected to hear uproarious laughter from the other side of the phone because that's <laughs> such a ridiculous statement because obviously In the Heights was a fantastic film and the Hitman's cousins, elderly brothers, dogs, <laughs> bodyguards, wife, spotty guard was trash. And Heather was like, yeah, me too. And I just thought, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> And you oh, lied to me. You lied to me. I was. It wasn't a lie. It's called sarcasm that I thought was like <laughs> obvious. I thought you would get it immediately. No. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh. Again, again. This is why it's two takes on film. It's true. Because, like, the problem if it was just one take on film and it was just me, then it would always be right. And that's no fun, you know? Oh so it's gosh. like, you got to give, you got to give them the mistakes to make my reviews sweeter. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're uh, the worst. Yeah, that's true. I am. <laughs> anyway, that's why it's two takes on film, everyone. Two different opinions. Uh, where can people go watch the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard if after your oh, they have these things review. called theaters. Um <laughs> No, you can go see Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard in theaters right now. And right now. I think it's only in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. So if you're uh, in, go oh. do that. I highly suggest it. I was just going to say, if you're in Southern California, you can now officially not wear your mask at a movie theater if you're vaccinated um, and you don't have to be eating the whole time <laughs> in order to not wear a nice. mask. I same thing in our theater now, and I didn't wear my mask to my viewing of the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. And do you wish you had? I mm, like would that have made it better? I don't know. Mm. I don't think it would have really affected it that much. Maybe you I need guess, to give it a second watch with the mask on. Yeah, people could have seen me and been like, "I'll just assume he's smiling," <laughs> yeah. instead of being like, "That guy's not enjoying this movie." <laughs> guy's not enjoying this movie at all as you're sitting there taking notes do people ever look at you like what are you doing yeah sometimes they do especially because i have to sit at a weird angle i try to choose seats kind of on my own because i sit like sideways on the seat so i can angle my notes towards the screen to get the light Mm -hmm. um or else i just write in the dark and afterwards i have to go and (laughs) interpret what you wrote because it's just (laughs) absolute mess (laughs) on top of each other (laughs) yeah seriously on top of each other everything so especially this one i wrote down quite extensive notes that were uh well worded <laughs> to be honest but quite harsh do you want to read um, any of your quotes from your notes well i can just that read would the be one podcast I, appropriate well i can <laughs> read the one i read you earlier and, and uh, omit sure, one word, sure 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 which the word was obviously completely appropriate but totally i just don't feel like saying it right now yeah sometimes you sometimes you just don't feel like saying a word right sometimes I just wake up and I'm like you know what light I'm just not gonna say that word today I just don't feel like it 
or I don't know, just some random word. Not that light was the word that I <laughs> omitted. Are going to omit now. It was something else equally appropriate. Anyway, this was the final note that I wrote that I, I think I wrote with a solid like 20 minutes left in the film, but I just thought like, I'm just done. I'm just going to like leave it at this. And it kind of summarizes uh, my, um, my feelings towards the film. And then after that, we can, we can let you guys go. Uh, the film's desperate attempts at some semblance of a personality, i.e. moments of shock gore, extreme profanity, grasp at sexualization, bombastic set pieces filled with hot explosions and even hotter faces all serve less as markers of style and more as annoying roadblocks between me and my increasing desire to just fall asleep. Anyway, <laughs> this has been two days on film. I'm Wyatt. Oh, and I'm Heather. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> That's how you're going to end. <laughs>